2: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get fifteen percent off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
3: Hello, welcome to the Manchester Football Show. Show with bleeding Me Rising. My name is Stephen McInerney and I'm here with Adam Keyworth and Sam Lee. You're all right, gents?
4: Very well, mate. Yes, very good. We've Match got day. some
3: uh, epic kind of like Sharker talk and also more importantly than that financial fair play and new wafer talk because we all love some agenda stuff don't oh, we it was
4: so much more fun than that yeah you've ever sold stick, stick oh, yeah. with it stick oh, with it's it. going
3: to be really good it's one of like, the best and episodes this, ever I've heard it's the best episode ever there's a actually.
5: good game at the end
3: yeah really good um, we won't spoil the game but anyway don't forget if you are new uh, search Manchester Football Social make sure you subscribe and give us a five star rating and we'll see you after the show
6: Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising
3: Good evening and welcome to the Manchester Football Social. We're blooming and rising. My name is Stephen McInerney. I'm in the studio with Adam Keyworth and Sam Lee. You're right, gents? Hello.
5: Hi. Really
3: good. Yeah. You're so excited. It's, it's, got, it's an exciting one tonight. We've got loads of booing talk, but you can't wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, I've
4: mustered some excitement up there for the hello, but it's going to be swiftly sapped away by all the booing stuff. <laughs> but it's let's some, get on
5: with it. Sam in a in really good mood tonight. Match day, isn't it? Yeah, match day. It's enthusiasm. a big day. And that's what we're going to be
4: talking about
3: today. We're talking about Schalke, but also the huge elephant in the room and Manchester City's and their fans kind of frictitious relationship with UEFA. We want to know what people think about the Champions League and UEFA in general. Are our feelings as City fans having a negative effect on the players? Uh, and will there be a, a time when City fans actually start uh, to love the Champions League like they do with the Premier League? If we want you to hear, get in touch with us. So it's 0345 117625 8771 We want your thoughts. And get texting as well, but we're going to start about the Champions League. Adam, is it okay to hate UEFA at the moment? Because given the financial fair play and all that kind of stuff, but also still love the Champions League.
5: Yes, Um, I think it's a very strange one. I can totally understand where people are coming from. Uh, This all harks back to a time where City were playing Moscow away and weren't allowed in the ground, but loads of fans still travelled. Right, this is this is the origin of all this this booing. I then think that people are doing it and didn't understand why they were doing it. However, I think tonight we will see and hear it as loud as ever with the recent investigation. But I must say that shouldn't be the reason. That shouldn't be the reason that people are doing it. But I know that lots of people will hammer me for that. And uh, lots of people think that will be the reason. So, can you hate UEFA and love the Champions League? I really like the Champions League. Do I hate UEFA? Not really. Do you have much of an opinion on it? Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't I think
4: it's a bit simplistic just to say. Oh, yeah. Well, we love the Champions League, but we hate UEFA. It's, it's the same thing. It's their competition. It's their biggest competition. Yeah. These The whole financial fair play rules are pretty much used to govern the top European clubs. Like, they're not all in the Champions League, obviously, because it applies to Europa League. And if you get a ban from European football, you're banned from the Europa League as well. But the yeah. Champions League is UEFA. UEFA is the Champions League. I don't, I don't know if you can separate it, but I can certainly understand why people do. I can understand why people want their team to win on the pitch and hate the governing body, that's completely understandable. But I just think if you dive down into it, it, you, can't, you can't really separate the two. If you start to try and understand this whole relationship between City fans and Champions League, and I
3: guess people can't uh, really split your way for... Uh, and the Champions League, I understand that because they are in, intrinsically linked as kind of concepts because they are, because they own it. To me, as a City fan, I kind of slightly understand the the angle that some people have where they say that they feel like City have never felt kind of wanted in the competition. I guess it's because, uh, the, you know, the advent of kind of like uh, financial fair play as a whole, and some people will see it as a, a, a way to kind of beat the club... It's a little bit agendary for me personally, but there always has been a sense of kind of like apprehension or kind of caution towards the Manchester City fans. I'm sorry for the competition from Manchester City fans, and it's a very hard one to shake. Um, and it, it is there, whether it's fair or not, it, there is a sense of that, isn't there? There
4: always used to be a weird vibe about it. When I mean, obviously, it goes back to to Moscow and all this kind of stuff. Where, and you know, also the bands, I'm sure people will be listening. Will be saying, "Oh, the Balotelli fine for racism was was less than." Yeah, Sorry, the, the fine for the Porto fans who racially abused Balotelli was less than you know the the yeah. fine for coming out late on the pitch. But I remember I I did City against Barca um, when Demichelis got sent off before I was City correspondent. Yeah. And uh, people might not like this comparison, but look, when I, in my history of going to Champions League games as a United fan on the game, there was always like, it was a bit Liverpool in a way in the sense of, you know, you buy into all oh, this special atmosphere. It's going to be a big one tonight. I never really got that sense at City. And, I mean, maybe that was just something from my own background, but when I went to the game, it didn't feel like there was a buzz around. A big, it did occasion. It didn't feel like a big night. It didn't feel like something that everyone bought into. And I think... You know, that, I think that was there before, obviously, all of this FFP yeah. stuff, but now it's just snowballed, and all these different reasons from years gone by have kind of just, yeah, like I say, snowballed into one massive avalanche, basically, of frustration, dare I say, hatred. I
5: think there's two things. I think we were never brought up with the Champions League. As City fans, none of us were. Yeah. We we all sat back and watched United win it. We watched Liverpool win it. Chelsea, too, uh, in the latter years. We never really grew up thinking we could win it. To be fair, we never even grew up thinking we could be in it. So that was yeah. the first step. But there was the buzz initially. I remember, I remember that Napoli game, the first one, and there was a buzz. There was
3: definitely a that? Was it that,
4: a was it Hamburg too. game as well? It was the obviously was in, in, uh, in a different competition. Europa, yeah. But in terms of European it exciting, football, there was, was kind of... Then, yeah. was, I know there was the excitement at first. That, that Hamburg game still
5: one that's a little bit mythical in a way where people always say, oh, remember the atmosphere <laughs> at Hamburg at home. And it That's all I've heard about. It was electric because everybody bought into it. The tickets were dead cheap. We had a real chance of going quite far in that
4: competition. still missing oh, that no. chance. Oh, and
5: Alano just hitting every, every <laughs> no, well, That's the next hour we?
4: done then. Go yeah. on. <laughs> um,
5: but there's that. So there's there's a bit of apathy, I think, and it's not because oh we don't we don't want to win it. You'll see the best nights in the Champions League at the Etihad when we win the big games, the Bayern Munich game, the three two, the the Barcelona game a couple of seasons back. It, people totally f- almost forget that there was no apathy in that game. That was yeah, all right. out excitement because we were beating a massive, massive club and it was the first time everyone went, actually, we're quite good and <laughs> we we can win this now. So we've gone from, okay, we're in it. We know we're going to be in it now every season unless of a massive issue. But now we're starting to think, and I, I think this season especially, I'm sure we'll come onto it, now we're starting to think, hang on, we can win this competition and we're now amongst the elite. It's... I just think it's a little bit strange. Sometimes
3: here's a take in general. So I think we've got a call on line. Anyway, actually, I think Tom uh, wants to call in. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to now, are we? Yeah, Tom, are you there, mate?
5: I'm
3: here. Yes. Tom, uh, thanks for calling me. Firstly, Hi, I know uh, your take on this basically is about booing the anthem. What, what have you got to say on this?
7: All I've got to say is I think that the booing, I think it's hypocritical because the fans who are booing, they're booing UEFA now. Why? If they if they don't like UEFA, I mean, I don't like UEFA. I don't go to the Champions League games, but I don't go there and boo it because that's just hypocritical. What am I? What would I be doing there if I didn't like it? And all these city fans kind of, you know, booing it. Why are they booing it? Because they don't like it. So if they don't like it, why are they there? Tom, is it not don't like how it's set up? Why are they there?
3: Tom, is it not something to do like with the fact that they're there for City and not necessarily UEFA? Like, they're there to support their team regardless through thick and thin and all that kind of stuff?
7: I understand that but still the, the kind of the, the way that it's kind of you know, they've gone about they've gone about it because of the you know, like you see I think it I'm not too sure but I think they kind of the the signs with boo on it start I think it was the Sevilla game in like 2016 when they first came out kind of thing but ever since then booing it before the actual the start of the game I just, for me it's just it's just hypocritical because they're booing it because they don't like UEFA because they think that they're corrupt I think that but I don't go to the games and boo it because I think UEFA are corrupt I don't go to the games.
5: Tom, what do you think the reason is that City fans are still booing uh, the anthem, especially? Do you think uh, all the fans there actually know what they're booing for?
7: That's a good point, because no, (laughs) because I think it might have just been kind of a big bandwagon (laughs) thing that they've jumped on as well.
3: We love our habits, don't we, in Manchester? What's that, sorry? We love our habits in Manchester, I guess.
4: Well, exactly. Tom, I've just got a a quick question for you, mate. I'm not trying to take the mic in any way whatsoever. At at what point. is there a point you think where you would forget your gripes with your wafer and go to a game? Like, for example, if City so get Barca in the semi-finals this year, or if you if you offered a ticket to the final, for example, would would you change your mind at any point?
7: No, absolutely no? not. I've, I've been I spoke about this um, to to my friend um, a few weeks ago, and he said that to me. He said, if I offered you a ticket for the final because he kind of sorts out, you know, when I go to away games, for example, he sorts them tickets out. He said, if he got me a ticket for the final, would I go? I said, no, I wouldn't, because what's the point? It's like, you know what? To be fair, I mean, it's different. But Let's say for the the Carabao Cup, for example, people don't think it's a big trophy. They don't go to the games leading up to it. But the final, they'll go to it. So you're going on about supporting City through thick and thin and things like that. Mm they don't go to all of the Carabao Cup games for example, the FA Cup I think is a bit different, but the Carabao Cup final they'll all go to that Tom, what do you think the
5: actual resolution to this, to this issue is? So if we want City fans to stop booing the anthem and get a little bit more on board with it or quite the opposite, what is the solution we just stop going?
7: I don't think I'm the one to answer that question I mean well in my eyes, yeah. Because if they are there booing it, then why are they there? That's, That's my argument. Why are they there booing it? Tom, thanks very much for calling. Yeah, thanks it, mate. a lot, Tom. Uh, Cheers, really
3: appreciate your thoughts. Don't forget everyone else. You can get involved as well on 345 travel one seven six two five and text on eight double seven double one. So, guys, um, is there a point now? Are we reaching a point? And Guardiola is, is kind of hinted at this, but not necessarily in such words. Where this kind of negativity towards Champions League might actually start affect the players on the pitch in terms of their performance. Because if if a fans, this is a theory. If us fans were slightly detached from it in general, um, is it fair to say the players won't get that same? sense of excitement towards the competition as well I know the professional is very well paid and all that kind of stuff but it is something to consider isn't it
5: yeah I I don't think it has any effect on the players whatsoever I think the one thing that it does have an effect on is Pep himself he loves it doesn't he I don't think he gets it at all yeah he he
4: definitely doesn't get it he
5: doesn't understand it and I don't think he likes it I think he's looking at it thinking well we're, we're having a go here this is the competition that let's be honest he's been brought in to win yeah We've won the rest. He's been brought in because he's the man to take us onto a final and win it. And that's exactly what those up above want. I imagine if you went to the owners, if you went to Carl and said, look, how much does the Champions League mean to Manchester City? It's top of their list. And they don't understand why the fans don't get it. And the players will will play in any conditions. They've played played in front of no one uh, behind closed doors games and stuff. They're not bothered if we're doing it. They'll... You always see on the faces if you see it back on TV afterwards, and they're a bit like, oh, "What's going on here?" Because somebody uh, tweeted in before. We'll get to people's tweets later on in the show because we've got loads. But someone said quite rightly that the the players must just think like, "What's going on? Are they booing us?" Because they they don't know that oh we're booing you for because of FFP and because one city weren't allowed in Moscow and then somebody got a, a fine. They don't really get that. They just want to they want to play and be supported. So. I don't think it has an effect on the performance, but I think Pep really dislikes it.
4: The thing is, I think tonight might be the last time we talk about this until next season, because the oh, next round...
3: Exit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Get out of yeah. here.
4: <laughs> but then, I think from the next round, um, it, it could be irrelevant, because there's all, like we've talked about before with... Yeah. I might remember my first show, we talked about empty seats and the atmosphere and that kind of thing. But when you've got a big game, it doesn't matter. Like... If it's, yeah. look, fine, if City get Porto in the next round and they play away from home first and they get three away goals, fine, the second leg might be a bit like it is tonight, a bit dead. But if they've got a tight game or the first leg against Liverpool, Bayern Munich, Barca, United, someone like that, it'll be a huge atmosphere. They might boo the anthem and then that'll be forgotten about immediately because it, the atmosphere will be like it was when they played Liverpool in the league a yeah. couple of months ago. And that is just that is a natural consequence of a big game. So I don't think we'll talk about it again for a while. It's only going to be in the group stage where it starts to, Guardiola maybe thinks it has an effect, like the Leon game when everyone just turned up thinking this will be easy, and it wasn't. But I don't think you're going to change that because, again, you can take away all the UEFA element, but, you know, City's group wasn't particularly difficult on paper. So what's any different there to when you play in Leicester at home? No one's going to turn up and make a big load of noise for that. Mm. No club does. For me, like um, I'm not necessarily
3: sure, like uh, it has an effect on the players, you know, initially. But I do think, in general, we all know, like. When when it's positive, that I think can have a positive effect, but not necessarily negative. One well, of that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I think in general, excitement can feed into the players because they're only human. Like all of us, kind of get carried away when the crowd. Well, the Liverpool games home game last year, trying to exactly.
4: overturn the three 0 Exactly,
3: yeah, and we were sat in there, and it was the intensity in the stadium definitely does help. And I think it's harder to have that intensity when there's after. You can't force it. Exactly, you can't force it. So I think even though you may not have a negative effect, I don't think it has the full positive effect. If that makes sense.
5: Yeah, I agree. There's two suggestions that we've had. So we're just saying what the solutions to this. We've had well we've had one that uh, agrees with Tom um, but there's there's one that's quite interesting saying this is part of a siege mentality where it is all and I imagine he means that it is a bit more like a bandwagon where people think if we keep doing this keep doing this and then Maria Lester on Twitter came back and said why don't we all just drown out with something else like Blue Moon And that's probably been a thing from the start where we're booing something and it's creating a really hot... Not hostile at all, because we can... Let's be honest, English fans can't really create a hostile atmosphere. It just doesn't happen. Booing an anthem, come on. They're going, oh, (laughs) what are UEFA going to do? They're going to turn around and go, oh, do you know what? Maybe we should change a little bit because they've got signs that say boo on them.
3: Some people do think that UEFA have a bit of an issue with City. I mean, I... I think this is this whole kind of um, thing from the you know, the alleged G14 cartel a long time ago, which did actually exist. To be fair, in terms of people protecting themselves at the top, and to me, it's a bit on the conspiracy side of it. But I mean, do you think that within UEFA there are there is some pressure from certain you know people on the committee and all that kind of stuff to actually have, apply some pressure on I, Manchester City?
5: I think if you asked all the clubs in in the tournament, maybe barring one or two, do you think that UEFA have an issue with your club or whatever? They'd all say yes. It's the same with everything. You can pick bones out of everything. If you went to Chelsea, or I know they're not in it, so that's probably a bad excuse uh, or bad uh, example. If you went even to United and said, look, do you think that... And they'll say, yeah, look at the refs. Or they'll say, oh, yeah, we've yeah. got a ban once or a fine for doing this. I think the issue with UEFA is nobody has a clue what what any of their punishments really are, especially with those fine things, like you say, with the the racism stuff and all that. All that was like the pinnacle of uefa being bad mm-hmm. in in everyone's eyes but I, the the agenda thing will roll on and roll on and roll on and one day we all just need to suck it up and say look where does it where does it end yeah. it just doesn't end it, <laughs> it's just it's just a new reason because as we know we all like a moan and this is just another thing that we can oh yeah we didn't get that decision or var or referee you, or are you suggesting manx like a moan adam who knew who knew <laughs> the irony
3: of moaning about amona i guess now, yeah. no no I, I kind of agree it's like um, i think it's in general city fans i think it's a psyche thing this is just my take on it like i'm i'm 33 so i grew up um feeling like the world was kicking us constantly you know in terms of because we struggled quite a bit and i wonder if as a as a fan base that in general we feel more comfortable when things there's something to kick against, you know. In terms of we're not quite comfortable yet, sat at the top of the table. I mean, how does it like? How, what? How does it feel reporting on it? Sam, do you get the impression that like City fans maybe have a slight kind of
4: not inferiority complex, but you know something like that in terms of don't feel like they belong? Well, yeah, but go, going back to what Adam was saying about every club will think that you know UEFA against them from a journalism point of view. Like every club genuinely does think the media is against them. You know, I've yeah. seen tweets like yeah. from Palace fans yeah. saying, "Oh, this wasn't shown on Match of the Day. This shows the bias against us." Like, who cares? Who cares? Like, who cares enough to have a, an agenda against anyone? Everybody <laughs> thinks that. And That's look, I can top completely top. understand. You know, the the fact that the G14 clubs would be out for their own interests and they wouldn't want City to be involved. I can completely understand that. I can completely understand the theory that you know FFP was hijacked to kind of allow clubs like United or Spurs now with their stadium to take on a load of debt but for City not to be able to spend money. I can see how that looks but I think it's gone too far the other way and in terms of like, just look at last week so yeah. all the investigations were at the same time and was like oh well, that's convenient. Like, well actually it is. So like, fine. done and just before us. <laughs> again, yeah and also fine again I can understand with Dash Spiegel because it's like have you hacked anyone else? Have you got any information on anyone else? So I can see it a bit like why is it only City? But All the investigations have stemmed from that. It's only right that all these various governing bodies go, actually, we better have a look at that. That's completely understandable. So the timing of it, it's not convenient. It's just, in terms of, in inverted commas, convenient. It's completely normal. And the other part of it is, just quickly, that Pep Guardiola to Juventus thing last week, everyone knew it was nonsense, some people were going, oh, isn't it convenient the timing of this? Another story to destabilise <laughs> One bloke on a radio station in Italy is part of the agenda, isn't Like, just, just step back from it for a minute. It got a little bit mad Thursday, Friday last week in terms of City. It was a bit too much siege <laughs> mentality. That's, uh... Go and support the team and have a bit of siege mentality in that. But, you know, yeah. just, just think, you know, there's not some global agenda against City that involves everybody basically Uh, it's
3: Twitter though isn't it it never ends on
4: Twitter but anyway guys we'll be back for
3: the second half we're talking about Schalke hopefully we'll have some tea news pretty soon so make sure you stay tuned and we'll see you in a bit
6: Manchester City Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds
6: Manchester City Football
5: Social with Blue Moon Rising. Good evening and welcome back to the Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. I'm Adam Keewitt and I'm joined tonight with Stephen McInerney and Sam Lee. So, if you missed a bit of the first section we were talking about uh, UEFA and the Champions League, do the do UEFA still hate us, basically? A lot of agenda <laughs> talk in that one. Um, but, This section, we're going to be talking a bit about Schalke. We're going to be talking about potential routes to the final. I know we're being presumptuous, but there we are. And we want you to get involved. So if you want to call in, call us on 0345 111 7625 or send us a text on 87711. And in the final bit of the show, we're going to be taking your questions, which is really nice. We've had some really good questions in. So tweet us uh, at MCR Footy Social or at BM Rising. So let's talk, gents. Champions League, is this the best chance we've ever had and maybe ever will have of winning the lot?
6: Champions um, League,
4: guys. Uh, not ever will have, because you never know what's going to happen like, yeah. next year. We'll uh, and next year, also maybe. last year was a good chance as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's opening up quite well. Uh, Guardiola said, we might hear from him later on yeah. saying this, but he was saying just because Madrid are out doesn't mean it's going to be any easier. But he's the one who keeps saying there's loads of teams with European know-how and how City haven't got it. So look, it's not going to be easy if City play Ajax next, because Ajax just went to Madrid and won 4-1. But Ajax will be a team if they get City, they will be a bit worried about City. Whereas Madrid would have been like, oh, OK, well, we can beat them because we can beat anyone. So there's a very good opportunity for City to win it this year.
5: Pep's playing us down, isn't he?
4: He, he's time. very cautious, isn't he, Pep? But, I mean,
3: I understand that. That I think he probably wouldn't admit it publicly ever, you know, that like we've got a good chance. And he'll do the whole, like, we're not ready yet kind of thing publicly, which is just cautious. But to me, I think we've got a, probably the a best chance of winning, not because of who's left, but just because of where we are as a team in general. I think we're more experienced. And I think um, we're more more of a Pep side in terms of, you know, we're obviously had a, we're another closer to being what he wants us to be. Uh, some of the players are older. I think in general, because we have tasted failure as well last season, Champions League, it'll just make it a little bit more, more, I don't know. I think it'll motivate us a little bit more. When you look at the team's left, when you add that, you know, factor to it, it does seem to open up a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I, I just sense something from the team this year uh, that maybe wasn't quite there last year. He, last year it felt too easy in the league. And I think this year this added kind of like um, yeah, yeah. this added kind of com- competitiveness to the league will actually help us in the Champions League, weirdly. Because I think we've got this kind of, to go back to the season mentality phrase again, but I do feel that we've got a, a very intense focus at the moment, which I think will really help us in this
5: competition. I think the Schalke game showed a little bit of what Stephen's saying about we've got more resilience and a bit more grip. Yeah. And I think that's something we've massively lacked, especially in the Champions League. Going behind in these places, and even going back to some of the games in the group stages, where we've struggled in some of those games to break teams down, and yeah, Schalke got a bit lucky with the two penalties, but to come back and score late again, I think those wins are, are just as yeah uh, definitely just just as important as the as the bigger wins. Obviously, we're being very presumptuous on the fact that Schalke need to beat us uh, quite heavily tonight to go through, uh, but you'd expect this team to come through that. And looking at who we could potentially get, I'm going to ask you a very bold question now. <laughs> who, if we go through, who would you like to see us play in the quarters? Over two legs.
2: Um,
5: for
3: me, I mean, looking at the team's left, uh, Porto seems an obvious one. Uh, just because, they're, you know, for one, nice and sunny over in Portugal. I think to the players and the fans would love it. Um, but just because um, I think uh, on paper, at the very least, uh, the team that, uh, you know, you'd want to play, really. Ajax, I wouldn't... It'd be quite fun to play them, to see, you know, uh, some of that that team up close, because there's some players that we'd be targeting there, potentially. Uh, But I'd want to avoid Leon. you know, Liverpool, or Bayern, potentially, or or Barca. Um, For me, Porto makes a lot of sense. Oh, God, imagine a derby. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? I
5: don't. (laughs) Sam's already licking his lips. Go on, Sam.
3: Uh,
4: Well, from the point of view of City having a relatively easy opponent and getting to the semi-finals, I think you could throw Spurs into that mix as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I don't think, look, there's going to be a big game against Spurs in the league anyway, but it's it's at home. And, you know, City haven't really had problems against Spurs. Even in Guardiola's first season where it wasn't going right, there was that two all at home, but it should have been. Yeah, it should have been. It should have been a big win. That's kind of when, like, something clicked for City. And I don't, yeah, I don't think two games against Spurs would be the end of the world either.
5: Yeah, I think the timing of the game as well around all those fixtures that we've got, and especially if we get to the FA Cup final. That's going to throw another fixture in at us over that period. But I think, like Sam says, Spurs makes sense. No travel involved. New stadium for the fans, which is pretty cool. Yeah. The, as long as it's open, but we imagine it will be. Ajax, I wouldn't like to play them. No. I want someone else to knock them out because it's one of those, we don't know how good they are. Hmm. And I don't want us to find out that actually they are really good. There's something in the air, isn't it, right? Yeah. Moment. That's the thing. Porto makes Pep sense. Yeah, Pep, Pep will know what. what's what. Porto makes... Sense We want to get to the semi-final. They look like our biggest chance of getting there. And then we start worrying about who's left. Hopefully, United end up with Atletico or Juve. And that's, that's what you want now. Yeah. In the next round, we want to avoid the strongest uh, teams left. Yeah, but um, in,
4: in that sense, the strongest teams aren't as, as strong. So, La like Barca, are, you know, there's weaknesses to exploit there. Same with Bayern. If, if those teams were to get through... But you could also look at it, if, if you were to get through that, then the belief, and, you know, Guardiola talk about the confidence and the arrogance and all that kind of stuff. If you were to beat one of those, then you've got really something, you've you got nothing to be afraid of. Say if you do beat Porto in the next round, it's like, oh, great, we're in, we're in the semi-finals. But then you get a big team, it's like, oh, no, this is going to be hard now. Whereas if you beat a big team anyway, it's like, well, we've done this already. So, you know, there's there's two different sides to it. And I think the the relative weaknesses of even the biggest clubs does bode well for City as well, but I do think City themselves have got a bit of improving to do in the European well, level.
3: You consider the fact that we you know, beat Barcelona a couple of years back and whatever, and I think this City team is better then, and that Barcelona team is not as good as then, and not in a bad way, they're still phenomenal. So, I mean, I felt last year, still I don't know messy. how you felt, Adam. <laughs> yeah, still Mr. Yeah. Messi, he's all right, isn't he? I, I don't know how you felt about him, but last year, I, as a City fan, I felt. Like, any team we could have come up with Champions League, we would have done well other than Liverpool, weirdly. That was Liverpool's, was the one team I didn't want to play last season. I felt like if we somehow avoided them, we would have beat Roma. And I also I even feel like we would have beat Real Madrid over yeah. two legs. Like, it's just, to me, it was Liverpool. They were our kryptonite. And this season, we have, I think we have kind of not mastered them, but we've definitely kind of, you know, got close to solving them, so to speak. I,
5: this, this is going to sound very arrogant, and any Liverpool fans <laughs> listening are going to help me for it. But I wouldn't mind if we drew them. In the next round, you've got to, it'd be be absolutely horrible and it'd be toxic and it'd be disgusting. But like you say, it feels like this season that Pep has found a bit more of a way. Last season, we fell to pieces against them at their place. And then to be honest, back at the Etihad, it wasn't much better than when they went in front. But I think this season, they won't want to play us more than we won't want to play them this time. Last season, it was that it was the draw where we said, anyone but Liverpool in this round, let someone else deal with them, because we'd found it hard in the league. This season, they'll be thinking, we don't want them to get one over us in the league and in the Champions League. I, I really think that the, the balance has changed. Well, now.
3: there was that quote, wasn't it, from Salah today, where he said, essentially, he, he, his dream is to win the Champions League, but he's willing to sacrifice that Absolutely. for the Premier League, which it's to better. me is mental <laughs> It'll genuinely like how can you say that that is it's, totally it's pathetic. Show, yeah it's showing his focus is in not in the right places
4: entirely uh, and what it, does that mean it's, it's yeah. not a very joined up message is it what right. does that
5: mean I, right. oh um, my dream is to win the Champions League but this season I'll sacrifice that because I want to win the league first of all they're not top of the league and they're a point behind and second of all it's nil-nil going into the second leg what does that say it, what What are they trying to prove is it if they go is, is it now that if they go to Germany and they don't win it's like yeah but I said that we're focusing on the the Premier League. I've said on the Friday show before. I think Pot, uh, Potch Klopp's biggest downfall this season was phoning in those cup games. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't get. He put all of his eggs in the Premier League basket, and if that doesn't work, they've just thrown away very winnable competitions. the The League Cup, as we've shown over the past few years, you win a few games and you win the trophy. Yeah. The FA Cup. A lot of the big teams are out. And instead, they've said, oh, we'll just sack it all off and just try and win the league. I That's think the they've thing, got a better it? chance in the Champions League because they're a team where if they get the rub of the next draw, people won't want to play Liverpool. If if Porto get Liverpool, they they won't want to be playing Liverpool and they're good in Europe, as we've seen. So, sorry. Well, as much as anything, they're, they're good enough Europe. to win both. If, yeah. Yeah, they
4: are. Yeah. And just, just project that message. Uh, also, it doesn't really show he's much of... A, well, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a team player, but it kind of suggests yeah. that he's not. And also, if... If he thinks, oh, we've not won the Champions League because we've gone for the league, and then they don't win the league anyway, is he going to think, well, I'm going to go somewhere else to win the Champions League? It, it was just a weird thing to say, but I don't know, maybe it was a slip of the tongue or something. It didn't really make
3: much sense to me. It was the kind of stuff, um, like it, it was the kind of stuff that I wouldn't want to hear as a fan in general. Uh, and for me, if I was Liverpool fan, hearing that, I'm thinking, well, they're not really focused on, on the right things. Uh, and it just makes me, feel as a City fan, feel really confident about the whole thing. Here's a thought for you guys. Anyway, what about the idea of four derbies getting United no, in the Champions League
4: and Sam then having a difficult as well? Yeah, well, no, we have, again, on the Friday show, we did talk about this. And, uh, look, I know I'm in a bit of a unique position. Um, I think it would be fun. And I know that's not something that many United fans would say, many City fans would say. And this time last year, I was thinking... Like if you're not going to get through to the next round, I don't I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want it to happen because of the whole Mourinho thing, it just would have been awful really. But I think this time as a spectacle, two good games, you've not got managers who are gonna start having a go at each other. I just think it would be it would be it would be unique, it would be entertaining, I think it'll be something to talk about, and it would be the complete opposite as to having to play Liverpool because that would be horrible, and I'd probably yeah. want to take April off because it's just <laughs> too much. But I, I think that would be I think that would be interesting.
5: So we've been very presumptuous in this in this section. So forgive us, and hopefully it doesn't come back to bite us. But as Sam said, uh, let's listen to Pep talking a bit more cautiously about the Champions League.
9: What the people think about because really it is not there. This competition will be easy because they still don't understand what this this competition. In fact, of course, is the last incredible, four times winner in five years and three in a row, so in Europe is not the best team in this competition, it's the best team in the last decade, so it's incredible what they have done, and the people say, oh, they are not there, and after we have, of course, every. I thought they are the favorites, because if they are able to win three, they can do it four, but I still remains in incredible clubs. So, incredible teams. So to, but to, uh, I think to compare with those kind of teams that you, you, you name, one silver, don't change it. The limit, don't change it. We are teenagers in that competition. That is my feeling. That is uh, what I feel.
5: So that's Pep uh, underplaying us, as, as uh, yeah. me and Stephen think he was. So, Uh, do join us after the break because we should have City-Shelker team news Um, that usually comes out an hour and 15 before so stay tuned for that and we're going to be taking your questions as I mentioned at the start of this, this little part so if you want to get involved tweet us at MCR Footy Social or at BM Rising and we'll be answering some of your questions after this
6: Manchester City Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show Manchester City Football Social with Blue
4: Moon Rising. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. I'm Sam Lee. Tonight, on a bit of a Champions League special, I'm with Stephen McInerney and Adam Keyworth. We've got through plenty already, and there's plenty still to come. First of all, though, if you want to call us, we've already had one caller tonight. It was very interesting, I thought. You can join him. And you can call 0-3-4-5-1-1-7-6-2-5. or you can text us if you're a little bit shy on eight double seven double one. Same again, if you're a bit shy, Twitter's for you. Plenty of shy people go on there and vent, don't they? So why don't you have a go it's as well at MCR Footy Social? So w- in a bit we might have team news, depending on when City put it out. We'll definitely be answering your questions, and I think Adam's got a few tricky ones Some up corpus. his sleeve. Yeah. But first of all, Raheem Sterling. Oh, he's good, isn't he? We know he's top of the league. Oh. Is he best in the league?
5: Yes. Next question. <laughs> that's that's the end of the show.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I I was saying on the show last night actually that I think this isn't a season where I don't think there's anyone. I don't mean this is disrespectful to any of the players playing this year. I think last season for me, De Bruyne and Salah were kind of a, yeah, a level above everyone, everyone else. Still, Miles. I think they were playing like. The close to messy levels are brilliant, whereas I think this season, there's been lots of world-class players, but not, like, special, memorable seasons. Uh, so I think... Uh- that's not to denigrate Sterling's performances at all but I think this year it's very open and I think Sterling has got just as good a chance as anyone is it like 35 goal involvements in 38 games this season like 18 assists sorry 18 goals 17 uh, assists or something like that and he's absolutely on fire once again and the best thing that happens about Sterling this year is he's doing what all great players do he's just making a difference when it matters and he's the kind of player now that he can just rock up and get a hat trick even after having a bad 45 minutes and that shows not only his perseverance and it just shows his growing maturity as a player in terms of reading the game being there when it most matters and just kind of getting to grips with the system and getting to grips with the seniority for me that's the biggest change from Raheem Sterling in terms of he's comfortable within his own skin now he's doing things that you would not see him do 18 months
4: ago the carry World Cup final penalty for example yeah. you know
3: it's not the Premier League but that's a while. well the third term.
4: goal against Watford the other day where he took exactly, inside yeah. waited, chipped the keeper brimming he's, he's a brimming with
5: totally different player I think since the World Cup he was amazing last year and one of our best players in, in our best ever season but since the World Cup he's just become a different man I don't even think as a player the way obviously we know all about the things that he's taken and we've read Rory Smith's article in uh, the New York Times which is brilliant and he's now the first name on the team sheet because Pep loves him, he's trusted now, and not just by Pep, not just by the other players, because they know when he gets the ball, he's going to do something. He's trusted by the fans, and I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Because a couple of seasons ago, there were still people saying, oh, Sterling, get him off, he's misplaced a pass. He gets the ball now, and everyone's on the edge of the seat, because usually now, if Sterling gets the ball, either someone else will make the run, or Sterling will do it himself, and you trust him now to score. And when he doesn't score, it's now more of a surprise than when he... When he does, and if you think a couple of years ago, even his most ardent fans would have, he'd, he'd score from 15 yards. And you go, oh wow, didn't see that coming. Now he'll miss, and you go, oh well, it's not not very often that he does that. So he, for me, is definitely our player of the season. Probably closely run with Bernardo and maybe Laporte and Fernandinho, but he's our most consistent player, and he uh, he is the one for me. We have
3: the team news, Ooh. and um your man Sterling is in the team. We've got Edison. Uh, this is this is interesting. Essentially, Ooh. it looks like there's no company. Really? So we've got Walker, Danilo, Laporte, and Zinchenko at uh, fullback. So Danilo or Walker playing centre back? According to this lineup, Danilo's centre back. But yeah. uh, we've got Walker, Danilo, Laporte, and Zinchenko. Obviously, no stones, no company, no Otamendi suspended. Then Gundogan, Silva, and Bernardo in midfield. And then it's Aguero, Sterling, and Sane. So that's the team. I'll say it one more time: Edison, oh. Walker, Danilo, Laporte, Zinchenko, Gundogan, Silva, Sterling, Sane, Bernardo, Aguero on the bench. Yeah you Stones, yeah.
4: Delph, Morris. Have you seen who's on the bench? Yeah, Cameron, Cameron Humphrey. Wow. I, I was hoping that if City didn't Eric have Garcia. a centre back fit, then Eric Sandler? Garcia would play. Eric Garcia. That, I I mean, I mean, well, well, yeah, Sandler maybe, but I, I was hoping for Garcia. I mean, I, I, I guess Garcia. he's injured. I do. I think he's. I think he's. He trained. was training
5: yesterday, though. Yeah, I know. All over I know. And he has
4: been away and come back. He's been injured for a year. Maybe he's just in there for Anyway, he's not going on, is he? He's not coming on. He's got
5: Stones, Delph. He'll he be there for purely for the ride, isn't he? Yeah.
4: Think Decent chance for Foden minutes later on, I guess. Sane,
5: huge opportunity yeah. for him tonight. He struggled to get in the team. Obviously, because you can't drop Bernardo and Sterling at the moment. They've been incredible. But Sane and Stone on the wings tonight, mm. that excites so me. Who, when, who
4: do you reckon is going to be sent about, Walker or Danilo? Walker. Do, do you reckon Walker? Because yeah, know, he's done sense. it in a black three, but it would make more sense. Walker, just because
5: of his strength. and Although Danilo in the air is very good, Yeah, as we've seen.
4: And he's played centrally. Obviously, he was in midfield at Wembley. But, oh, Interesting. Yeah. Some, something to Very worry about, anyway. By the time most people are, yeah, I this. mean, I think that,
3: that team is just more of a which what you'd expect, really, isn't it? Given you know, the other the players around at the moment, and given the lack of certain players, I guess it does show that the bench isn't that bad, but it does show that it's not quite as strong. You know, this squad depth can be depleted quite easily because yeah. Yeah, yeah. it isn't as glistening as it could be, obviously. Um, I still think that's more than enough. There, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, Sane's playing given the fact he's his former club I think he'll have a massive point to prove, will
5: won't he yeah the beauty of it is as well it screams that uh, Pep wants to get it won and get it won early I think he's done that in many of these games even when we've been four or five up he wants get the goal because if, if we score first it, the game is all but done so we need to get that goal and I think he's, he's done the right thing by putting that team out um, one interesting oh do you know what let's start these questions we've got quite a few coming through so, actually, I think we've got oh. someone on the
3: call coming oh, up pretty all. soon. Yeah, so we've got, uh, I'm not sure if he's coming in yet or not, but we've got Jack uh, from the Shalker podcast. You all right, mate?
8: Yeah, good evening. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, we're good. Uh, where are you calling from?
8: From the Chicago area.
3: Oh, very nice. Wow, and that's the first time we've had a call from Chicago, I think. But anyway, mate, uh, thanks for calling in. How are you feeling about this? Because obviously we know at the moment Schalke are struggling domestically because um, there's been a lot of rumours that allegedly Tedesco would put out something approaching a B team. Has that happened in your opinion and how are you going to approach this game?
8: When you look at the squad that he actually brought to Manchester, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say that the list of available players would make up a B squad. A lot of the guys on there are what you would consider to be the usual suspects. We'll have to see what team he actually picks. I haven't seen the team sheet come through, but um, you couldn't blame him for, for picking a B team if he decided to go in that direction. Obviously, Schalke is sitting at 14th now in the Bundesliga, rapidly approaching um, a proper relegation fight, which is pretty shocking for a club of that size. So if you wanted to put the emphasis on the Bundesliga, um, especially you know heading into Man City already down, I don't think you could blame him.
4: Uh, hi mate, so when I was over in Gausenkirchen for the game, you know, I went over there thinking it would be difficult and I spoke to a few locals and everybody said, journalist fans, whatever, there was no chance of Schalke winning that first leg and in the end they put up a bit more of a fight than we thought, but what do you think tonight, is there is there any chance of Schalke turning it around and going through to the next next stage?
8: Well, I mean, there's always a chance, isn't there? I mean, stranger things have happened in the Champions League, but um, with these two teams in particular, I think the talent golf is obviously just, just massive. Yeah, you can you can say that Schalke put up a good performance in the first half and hung in there, but I think they had something like two shots on target. Um, you know, really came about as a result of those those penalty decisions and maybe catching Man City in a little dip in form. Um, you know, back at the Etihad tonight, the, the I think it's going to be a real struggle. And uh, you know, if Man City even gets one goal, Schalke need to put in three. And given the offensive struggles of the team recently, I think that's not likely. To Take
3: place, Jack. Uh, thanks for calling mate. I'd wish you all the best, but I'm a Manchester City fan, so I don't unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, guys, this is uh, well, Jack look. from the the Schalke zero four podcast. Go and give it a follow because it's really good. Thanks for having us, Jack.
5: Anyway, Adam, so, you've got your questions? Yeah. Haven't you? Well, I was going to say, I'll tell you what, Schalke have brought a hell of a group of fans. Oh, they uh, have. Just, yeah, just um, been sent a video of them walking at the game, and in true Bundesliga fans fashion they've done very well so I imagine it'd be a raucous one as usual we've got a few questions we've been taking your questions for the last couple of hours on on Twitter and I've got two or three that I'd like to throw open I think we're going to try and rattle through these in 60 seconds so
3: when I ask the question
5: let's do proper old school stuff and (laughs) one of you put your hand up and go and then the other one just jump in you ready are we going to do this right go for it First one is from SkyblueRaster on Twitter. Asks, Do we really still hate United? Um, because they are not on our <laughs> level anymore. If not, who are our main rivals?
3: Yes, we definitely still hate Manchester United. I grew up being bullied every single day for, for City not being as good as them. So I absolutely definitely hate Manchester United. I enjoy their suffering, I enjoy their pain and I definitely enjoy their misery. So for me, um, they will always be our cross time rivals and I, I definitely, definitely still hate Manchester United. It's a weird one for Sam though. Because... Yeah, well, none taken, mate. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah, no... <laughs> Yeah, people people are messaging me last night after the tweet I put out about Drake and the United players being there going, oh, we don't care about United anymore. And finally, look, I'm under no illusions. United aren't as good as City. If they played each other in the Champions League next round, I would back City to go through. But I wouldn't write United off so easily. You know, yeah, I'm I'm not fully buying into the big comeback, but I would expect United to be you know, top three next season?
5: Yeah, the answer is yes. Yes, yes we, we do. definitely do. Yes, we do. Yes, we have other rivals as well, but they will still take... Game a game in the league as well. Spot. People will yeah, be worried about that. game in the league. And if we win that, then it is done. Are we there? Yes, Are we're we, done. We, we've done we 60 done seconds. Oh, good. That was actually... Uh...
3: Oh, we've got a symbol splash
5: as well. Ooh, Lovely. very Lovely. nice. Whoever did that. That <laughs> was um, me. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, next question. Um, Sam, we'll start with you this Ooh. time. Right, so... Oli CTID on Twitter asked, uh, what is Zinchenko's future at City? Do we need a, ah. lef- a new left back or is he the option?
4: Um, he is an option. I'd say it's still a risk though because if you just go, on oh, next season, we'll just have Mendy and Zinchenko again. You're opening yourself up to Zinchenko getting injured and if Mendy gets injured again as Guardiola kind of thinks he might, then you're going to have problems. It doesn't make any sense not to buy a left back. I think it would increase the competition with Mendy. And look, if Mendy reacts to that competition and plays to his level, then look, as good as Zinchenko has been, you've got there... A a player in Mendy who could be the best left back in the world. So it's worth bringing in someone who could be the best himself or trying to get Mendy to that level. And you've always got Zinchenko because he'll stay and fight for his place whatever happens.
3: For me, Zinchenko, given the fact that he refused to go last summer and now he's a better player and now he's proven something more, I just can't see really why he decided to want to go now. I think he'd just say no again because he's enjoying himself. He's very much living in the moment. And I love Zinchenko. I think he's a credit to the squad. I think Guardiola also appreciates his professionalism, what he brings in terms of general charisma to the team and just this kind of relaxed, very nice vibe to the team. And he's also a very talented footballer. Very young, they're still improving. Yes, so. we
5: need new left-back, but Zinchenko's great. Yes. Uh-oh. Cool. Hey, honestly, on that Good point... I think the whole
4: show like this. I,
5: oh, God, <laughs> it's tiring. I think, honestly, I think Zinchenko will be one of those great squad utility players. It's something we should discuss in more detail another time. Yeah. Uh, but he's becoming that guy. Right, next and probably final question, because oh. this is really tiring. Oh. No, um, it's not, no, it's not. It's not, right. Okay, maybe we'll have a couple more. So, Ben King on Twitter asks, if Gundogan leaves, do we need two new midfielders as backup for Fernandinho, or will Foden become the main option?
3: Let's go. Oh, um, uh, we need uh, definitely need an option. <laughs> yeah. I was pointing at Adam to answer this one, but no. I think in general the, we're going to have to have two defensive moves for builders inside the next two years, in my opinion. Because uh, Gundogan's making signs that he might leave. For me, Foden isn't the Gundogan replacement. For me, Foden is a potential David Silva replacement. I think he's more for that, like a year and a half from now. Uh, Gundogan going for me would be an absolutely huge blow for Manchester City because he's a 50 million pound player that we cannot replace like that. And given the fact that David Silva is now, you know, getting older and deal is getting older, we need people like Gundogan to stay around because we're trying to replace three players, potentially
5: uh, I think if Gundogan stays, we still need two midfielders. So that would be my point. We'd need backup for A uh, and, and who else? I, just, I think we need another player in there. just that, in case. I mean, that is bad
4: for Foden, though, isn't it? It
5: is, it yeah. is. But I do agree with uh, Ste and think that uh, Foden is more of an attacking midfielder. And I, yeah, well, but although, I think
4: Gundogan is as well. I mean, he's done well recently, but he's not had an awful lot of defensive work to do. And that is the real quiz in that role. And Brona can play
5: break. there if we really need him to. Mm. Maybe <sighs> that
4: symbol—it's relaxing when
3: it hits, isn't it? God, one, more, one more, one more, one more. That's
5: nice. Um, right, let's find make one, up. one. One more, <laughs> make one up, make one up. Um, 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 right, okay. I've I've got one. I've got one. Right, okay. If so, this is coming off Twitter. I can't really pronounce what the the name is, so I won't. But here's the question. If we beat United next month and they put out a weekend side, can we create a strange alternative universe where we actually like each other for (laughs) a little bit?
4: Uh, 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 Yeah, yeah. well, I'll I'll jump in because I've got a lot of May 2 United fans, obviously. In fact, I've done podcasts. To be fair, Statman Dave wasn't having it, but Jay was the other night. I've got mates who want, you know, just they'd they'd put themselves in goal for United if if it meant City winning the league (laughs) and not Liverpool. So, yeah, I mean, City fans would obviously be happy with that, but...
1: (laughs) United. Fans, I think. Day.
4: Look, there's there's a bit of a split, but I definitely think there's at least fifty percent of United fans wouldn't mind City winning that game, because lest we forget, it's late in the season, bat, and if it's really like Liverpool are still there, or even if Liverpool are top and City are a bit behind. United fans are going to want that to happen as
5: Brian said uh, when he came on the show we can all go to the parade together and celebrate not the fact that City won it we will you don't but you just celebrate the fact that Liverpool didn't win it and Sam give us that line about hands
4: over the Arndale hands over the Arndale as as, as, as if with everything else it's something I saw on Twitter and ripped (laughs) off <laughs> that's pretty much how uh, most things are formed, really, aren't they? Someone else's idea
3: in a diff- different way. but we'll be fans for the day. If that's yes. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, I think that's our last question. No. We're also about to wrap up the show. Don't forget, if you are new to this podcast, make sure you search Manchester Football Social and you can subscribe there. But before we wrap up entirely, I'm going to do the dreaded prediction thing. Uh, I'm going to go around to the studio and ask people what they reckon, Adam, mm. what score is going to be tonight? 3
5: 1, City. 3 1. And the 1 will be a penalty decided by VAR. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, definitely. Uh, there you go. <laughs>
4: Uh, all right. I was going to say the same but in the interest of being different 4 4-1 four, one. Four,
3: one. I'm going to go for a very comfortable 2-0 uh, anyway guys thanks for listening to the Manchester Football Social uh, we'll be back tomorrow 6 and 7 every week all right, we'll see you soon
4: well thanks very much for listening I hope you all had fun I know we did um, At least two of us are going to have to leg it straight over to the Etihad Stadium now. So, yeah, we are the Manchester Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Search for us on all good podcast providers. Subscribe, give us a five-star rating, all of that kind of stuff. And we'll see you next time.
6: Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show.